Hello. Hi, Alan. How are you? How's things? Thanks for taking time out to come on to the podcast. Not at all. Thanks for asking me. I'm always happy to talk. No problem. No problem at all. That's a strong Cork accent, is it? It is. It is. <laughs> right, right. Well noted. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, obviously, you, are you the founder of Awesome, awesome Training? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Can you tell me how that came about and stuff like that? Sure, how it all started. Yeah, um, I found out I was autistic nine years ago. And oh. I suppose um, I wanted to find out everything about autism. I started going to conferences, reading books, reading blogs, going to courses. And, um, you know, I just found that the information was all very much the same and all very negative didn't kind of I suppose make a lot of sense at the time and I just can't remember exactly when but I started I just came across um autistic people um you know online um started reading their blogs started reading research that was coming out started joining autistic groups and you know finding out that oh the information that's actually current is very very different to what I was learning from the courses and conferences and, and books and everything that I was reading and I suppose I set up um, a Facebook page about uh, just sharing my own what I was learning kind of sharing my experiences the stuff I was figuring out and that's I suppose how it started and then I started organizing events talks giving um, I suppose I got to know lots of autistic people and I started organizing talks where just autistic people had a platform because I think it's really important that there's a space for autistic voices because a lot of the time it's professionals or other people kind of talking over us or for us. Yeah. Or us. Um, so I organized a conference then in Cork in 2019, which was fantastic. It was uh, all autistic speakers. And um, I suppose it was just kind of, I suppose that that's really when it started taking off. And then, uh, I started training people up in, I was working as a speech and drama teacher for, you know, 20 years. Okay. And I started developing programs for autistic kids then. And then I started training other people in, in the work I was doing. And I suppose it just all grew from there. So we kind of, obviously COVID came along and disrupted everything. But yeah, it, also, right. <laughs> it also pushed us forward because, you know, I didn't even know how to use Zoom. Uh, I had to learn all this stuff. And then suddenly we bought everything online. We were organizing webinars. We had loads of different events online, which meant that, you know, I suppose we had a wider audience and more people knew about us and people from other countries were coming to our training. And I wrote, I was able to write some books based on the work I was doing with the kids. Um, so, you know, I, I got time to do that. So, you know, um, I know we've developed those as well over the last few years. So right, we've got right. resources, yeah, for kids as well that you know parents can use or schools can use or professionals can use, kind of autistic alternatives to the kind of rubbish that's out there. I suppose. For right. Yeah. So it's it's not just yourself that that's a part of awesome training. There's other people as well. Is that right? Yeah, I mean we collaborate. I mean we're a small little team. We're growing. Um, you know we've got two part timers working with us all the time um and me but then we have like trainers who collaborate with us so we would um you know we've lots of different i suppose trainers who come in and do webinars or you know at the moment we're running cpd courses for 
um, you know, helping professionals working with autistic adults. So we're working with Owen Stevens on that. He's a psych an autistic psychotherapist and we're working with Jeff McCauley. They're both Irish and we um, had one of the guys from Under the Rainbow as well present on that and Jude Morrow. You know, so yeah, it's very much about collaborating with other autistic people and other organizations uh, right. as well. Because, I mean, we try to, I suppose, represent as many different voices as we can obviously there's always more we can do so um you know yeah you, you sound like a busy person anyway yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so you were diagnosed nine years ago yourself yeah so, autism wouldn't have been really known in ireland then so how did that come about um i suppose it would have been i mean it, i suppose it it, it it would have been known, well, it would have been known as much as Asperger's, I suppose. And literally then within a year or two, that was kind of taken out of the GSM. Um, well, it would have been less known than there is now. I'd well, say. there's way, way more awareness now. Yeah. 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 Like, which is fantastic to see, you know, in, in that space of time. Um, but I suppose there was, because I, I, at the time I was, there was a women's group in Cork as well that, um, that, that was kind of a voluntary group that I spoke to once a month. And there was more and more uh, adult women, I suppose, kind of uh, right, being right. identified as well. So I suppose maybe maybe that was the turning point. <laughs> I don't right. know what, what so, it was like before that, yeah. So how did you go about getting diagnosed? How did you find someone to do it as well? How do you mean? Um, as in, the way autism or Asperger's wasn't well known back then. How did you go about finding someone to diagnose you? Know what I mean, that sort of way. Yeah, but I, I, I don't, I don't. When you say it wasn't well known back then, I don't. I, I mean, it, lots of people were, were, would have been aware of it. Yeah, I mean, less well known than it is now. So, if someone thinks they're autistic now, did know yeah. sort of where to go to be diagnosed. If you get me, for yeah, nine years ago, you really well from my understanding, you wouldn't. Because it was less known yeah. and you know yourself. Yeah, no, I mean, I suppose th th there were there were always people who who would have been, I suppose, diagnosing people, whether they were children or adults. Um, I think the difference now is that you have people like adultautism.ie who are offering a much more neuro-affirming approach, you know, right. that it's, it's um, and, and then Thriving Autistic who don't diagnose, but they offer supports uh, to autistic adults uh, in a neuro-affirming way. And I think I think that's the difference. You know what I mean? Oh, that there's right. just a, a different approach to it, that, which is fantastic. It means, I suppose, the work we're doing and other people are doing, Matt, you know, is, is, is making a difference because it means yeah. people are changing their attitudes towards it. Um, I, I think there's been a major change towards autistic people and autism in the last, um, the last while anyway, you know? Yeah. So um, it's it's well known now, whereas I keep saying nine years ago, whatever, it was less well known. Yeah, obviously. So well, uh, I suppose it's. I mean, and, and this is. I think it's because more and more adults are finding out. You know, I mean, every every, I mean, couple of months, there's kind of an article in in, in a newspaper about maybe some you know celebrity or some TV personality who's found out. You know, so it's yeah. I think it's just that more and more, it's adults are and i suppose people are more vocal about it and i think that's that's changing the narrative as well oh it is it's great to see people yeah. coming out and speaking about it as well definitely sure. yeah and there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of adults should i say who think they're autistic and 
Yeah. Or start of afraid to go and get diagnosed. But I, I would say if you have a, an inkling, you should go really and get diagnosed. Um, yeah, just, and I mean, there are lots of people who, you know, I suppose, educate themselves on it and, and self-identify it. And that's becoming more and more, I suppose, you know, of a thing as well. Um, and I think that's quite valid for people to kind of realise it themselves. Um, you know, and if there are adults maybe listening to this, there's a, the Neuropride Ireland group or fantastic group, um, yeah. not just for autistic adults, but like neurodivergent adults as well. So, um, yeah, you know, where people are kind of going and just kind of peer support. I think peer support. Yeah, yeah. Uh, self-diagnosis is definitely valid. It definitely yeah. is. Yeah. But um, now on to, on to ABA. Oh. I just wanted to ask you because yeah. I had, I don't know whether you've heard the previous podcast or not. I haven't, no. You haven't. Well, I had someone on that was very much, I wouldn't say pro ABA, I call ABA ABA. Yeah. Um, she she done ABA and it, it helped her child. Yeah. But, um, I, I want to get other people's perspectives on this, on ABA. So, um, yeah. What would yours be? Um. Yeah. And I suppose, look, I'm going to be very upfront about it. And I think other people's perspectives don't really matter on this. The only perspectives that matter on this are autistic people because they're the people being subjected to it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I think when people say it helped my child, they're looking at it from um, a very limited experience and also kind of from an ableist lens. And this is the problem. Okay. Um, even like, say, when people go, oh, without ABA, my child wouldn't be toilet trained. Like, you've no way of knowing that. Some children will learn to go to the toilet when they're two and a half. Some children will learn at eight. Some people, it will just never happen for them. So what happens with ABA is you're kind of forcing a child to do something before they're ready. Um, and then it creates trauma. So we now have a whole load of autistic adults um, and, you know, just people, not and teens, and people who've been through ABA as children who are traumatized from the experience. Um, ABA doesn't take into account how human beings actually work. It doesn't take into account your emotional state, how you feel about yourself. It's all very basic. Like, it's, you know, they call it scientific. It's really basic. It's really outdated. There doesn't, you know, it's not informed by neuroscience. It's not trauma informed. It, right. um, it doesn't understand autistic development. Okay. Uh, you know, so again, uh, you know, why it's something it's conversion therapy basically for autistic right. kids. Um, and what would, what would you say to the people, the autistic people that it has helped as adults now who say the ABA really helped them? Yeah, well, how many of those do you know? A lot. Who who said ABA helps them? Yeah. Yeah. It's just all it's just all different groups. There's many there's many different groups and Yeah. There's some groups that are pro ABA and there's some groups that are not yeah, anti, well, I mean, anti ABA and I yeah, just I, I just I just prefer to give everybody a voice and yeah just to get I my mean, view. I mean, I, I suppose it, it's kind of like, um, you know, why would someone think it helps them? If it, if, if it depends on how that person views themselves. Yeah. It's yeah. like if you take a, a gay man in the 70s and they said conversion therapy helped them and now they live a normal life and they're married to a woman and have children. Would you think conversion therapy worked for him or would you think he had, you know, didn't accept himself, obviously, because of the culture and climate of the time? So it's the same thing when autistic people are saying, you know, 
it helps them. What what do they even mean? What they're, they're saying it, it, you know, again, it's. I get so you, I get There you. are autistic people who think social skills, they need social skills training. We know autistic people do not need social skills training. We know autistic people have our own way of communicating, really good, uh, you know, communicators. That's what the research shows. We know that social skills training is damaging. But at the same time, if you help a child to mask and pretend to be something else so everybody else is nicer to them, yeah. then you're going to say, oh, that helped me. Whereas the solution would be for other people to be more accepting um, of autistics, not for the autistic person to be having to change and to be something they're not, to just perform for other people. So do you know what I'm saying? I, I do indeed. I see yeah. where you're coming from completely. Yeah. So to, from my, my experience at different groups and being online, there's many different sides to people's experience of autism and um I just, I just sort of do research based on that. And I see it from everyone's point of view and I understand the anti-ABA as such and I understand the pro-ABA. What I try to give on the group is people a platform to come on and talk about it and not shy away from talking about ABA yeah. so you can hear other people's opinions. Sure. But, but when I do that, I get blasted for it. So it's, it's, very, it's very hard for me. People say I'm pro-ABA. And that's that's not it at all. That's definitely yeah. not it. Well, you see, I suppose, Alan, it's like if if ABA and like, I mean, look, there's a whole ton of professionals turning their backs on not just ABA, but behavioral approaches in general. We're go it's going to be banned. It's you know we're heading in that direction. It could take two decades. It's just going to happen. Right. Um. So I suppose, do you want to be? You know, and look at the, everyone's entitled to do what they want, but I suppose. Do you want to be the person who's giving everybody a chance to have a voice or, you know what I mean? Do you, do you take a stand on things and kind of go, this is wrong. You know what I suppose? That's what, that's what I've done. I didn't um, do it lightly. You know, I suppose, as I said, found out nine years ago was kind of looking into it. I was like, ABA, what's ABA? You know, li literally researching it. I researched it autistically, which yeah. means very thoroughly for four yeah. years yeah. before I had any stance on it at all listened to all sides of the arguments. And I suppose when you really understand the damage it does, and when you really understand what it is to be autistic, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, you see you, you see then how wrong it, it, it really is. Um, that's, that's, that's where you, where you encourage everybody to do their, their own research and do exactly what you did and come up with their own decision, exactly like you did. And I did because I, 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 I looked into ABA for my children and I said, no, it wasn't for them. But that's just me. Yeah. On, on, I can't. And see, if we take a stand on the groups and say you can't talk about ABA, that means people can come on and get other autistic people's experience on ABA. So I, I think it's helpful to talk about it. But I, I don't think it's helpful being called pro-ABA and anti-ABA when I'm not. I try, I try to sue everybody, basically, and give <laughs> everyone a voice. I know, but I suppose... It's just I can one of those, see. I can it's see. It's one of those you, things you, you can't be for and against. It's yeah, it's it's damned if you do other. and damned if you don't. You know, yeah. yeah. So, um, and I just think, look, er, everyone's on their own journey, but I suppose, look, where we're heading is that it, it is going to be. You know, I mean, it, it, so many people are moving away from it. Like, um, you know, lots of people in the HSC are moving away from it. It's just, um, and it's not just ABA. It's things like positive behavior support in our schools. 
Um, you know, which, you know, we, we explain and break down exactly why, why it's wrong and why it doesn't work. I mean, I mean, it, 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 it works for everybody around the person. Yeah. You know, if you have a child who's having whatever, you know, lashing out and you, you reward them for not doing it or you punish them for doing it, they're just going to stop doing it. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't help the child's mental state and it doesn't help their emotional state. They're just yeah. masking. So when people say it works, it just means it works for them, not the autistic person. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because everybody's different as well. So Everybody is different. But yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, I suppose abuse is abuse and that's it. But uh, I'm feeling we better move on from the ABA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't like. I don't like calling it abuse now. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I just try to give like I've a lot of autistic autistic adults on the group as well, and it's it's good to get autistic views basically from everyone, whether it's good or bad on ABA. So we, I just I leave I leave it at that. Then you know, if if parents want to ask autistic adults about ABA and to get good feedback or bad feedback. Just do your own research and, and decide for yourself, basically. I would. I would say engage with the autistic community. Yeah. They read the research, Henny Cooperstein's research that shows it actually causes PTSD. You know, talk to their support groups. There's a whole ton of support groups for autistic people who've been through ABA and traumatized by it. And, you know, don't believe the kind of the, the, the excuses like, oh, no, it depends on the therapist. It, that's it, not it. It's actually at its very core, ABA is, is abusive. You know what I mean? And I yeah. That's yeah. it. You know? Now, this will be my first time talking to someone that's totally against it. Yeah, totally. I, and I can see, I can see where you're coming from. I definitely yeah. can, you know. But I, I can see where the other people come from, the other artistic adults. Yeah, who say it's it's helped them and it's helped their kids. Like, like who might to say it's not? You know, the sort of way. I know, but we have to understand what they mean when they say it, it has helped them. You yeah. know, in what we way? that and we have to understand how trauma-informed people who are making say making these statements are are they seeing the pressure that these children are you know even uh keith joffey had an article in the paper about his adult daughter there last year you know and he was talking about how aba was brilliant for her blah 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 and he's responsible for a lot of aba in ireland and um you know but in the article he talked about how she puts herself under pressure and i was like this is it you've people saying aba is brilliant it helped my child but at the same time, they don't realize that at somebody who's putting themselves under pressure constantly is a trauma response. And why is a person putting themselves under pressure? Because that's what ABA taught them. So you kind of have people saying it helped them, helped my child, but they don't see the damage that it has done. They just see, oh, my child is doing this, that and the other. Um, and they put it all down to ABA. You know what I mean? So I, I, that's what I think people just have to be wary of is that it depends on how informed, like anything, like any topic is that person talking from a completely subjective, you know, kind of experience? And that's fine. But, or is that person really informed in, you know, human development, in autistic rights, in autistic development, in neuroscience, yeah. in trauma? And if they're not, then they're just giving you a very subjective thing. And they might just be, it's the same as saying, I like the color pink and I don't like the color pink. That's opinion and it's subjective. But it's where people, how informed these opinions are. And I think that's really important for parents who are starting to navigate any of this, you know, is to yeah. actually look at who's giving the opinion. Because we've already, we're in a mess because of, you know, professional opinions over the years where they were just giving their opinion and a very uh, making assumptions about autistic people. Um, which is why we have a whole range of therapies. And I mean, like, 
why would people need ABA? There's no therapy for being autistic. Autistic people don't need therapy for being autistic. Like, I mean, that's the most straightforward. So, you know, I mean, people who are pro-ABA, you're, you're saying that the autistic person is not perfect as they are. Why would you need a therapy in the first place? I can completely see where you come from. I 100% can see where you come from. It is, it's a touch, it's a touchy subject. And I know when this podcast gets posted later on that it's, that the comments are going to probably um, erupt. But that's, or, um, but it's good. You know, Alan, like I, I have no problem debating the topic. I have no problem talking to people, to people who are pro-ABA. But it's the, if you look at the pro-ABA arguments, they're always the same. You know, yeah. they're yeah. always the same. There, there will be a debate. It's just... It's when it gets out of hand, I don't like, you know. Yeah, I know it's and hard. There's, there's, yeah. no, there's no need for it to get out of hand. Well, all... I, think, I think that's it. I think, and I know myself from social media, and I suppose I've had to pull back from it because it's people tend to get personal. And instead of debating, I, I like debate the topic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. make it personal. Just debate the topic and talk about the issues um, without, you know, getting personal. And I think people just kind of get personal very quickly. But I think that's a sign again of, how on you know what I mean? If they can't debate the argument and, and to, uh, with facts and topics and, and and the actual you know subject matter, it kind of they're resorting to kind of personal comments. It kind of shows how little they're informed anyway in the first place. Yeah, it? no, I love seeing the debate now. Being honest, you know. Yeah. And it's, as I said, it's good to see from other people's perspectives of what it means to them and everything else. Yeah. But um, the the point is is um. It's this heart and scene pointing amongst each other, you know, that sort of way when everyone should be really helping each other. Absolutely. You know, so um, do you do a lot of work with the HSE or? Um, yeah, I mean, we've just, so we, we designed a, um, a new course, for, an autistic course for parents. So like when kids are diagnosed, um, parents, you know, usually do a course with the HSE. It's usually something like Cygnus or Early Bird which are, again, would be very much behavioral, very much based, just not autistic-led, you know what I mean? They're not yeah, neuroaffirming. Yeah, yeah. So um, so we've des- developed CAHU, which is the Irish word for nurture, um, and we've trained one team, and they've started rolling that out now in Leash, and we are training another team in Dublin um, soon. Um, so it's, you know, people will, parents will get the autistic viewpoint, they'll get an autistic course, you know, and the focus is on, understanding your child accepting your child you know looking after yourself as a parent because um, yeah. you, know, you do have lots of other stuff to deal with you know what i mean you've got yeah. a lot of other people telling you their opinions about your child yeah. oh, stop. Kind of stuff. yeah so stop. i suppose the focus is really on the role of the parent self-care and that a happy parent equals a happy child and just accepting the child as they are because you know if you accept your child you're not going to be looking for any therapies anyway because autistic people don't need therapies just like you know we can benefit from things i'm sure like That's we are true. human beings <laughs> so it's that kind of i suppose it's just um to give people a a, 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 a more informed up-to-date realistic out you know kind of view of their child as yeah, well yeah, and explaining yeah. things to parents because you know this idea that a child just has challenging behavior or whatever and i suppose our, our you know, our work's informed by AAC users as well. Um, yeah. Very much, one, you know, I suppose I'm kind of conscious that, um, you know, non-speaking people really, I mean, if autistics don't have a voice, non-speaking people really are marginalised, um, you know, patholo- um, infantilised, you know, and I'm just, yeah. it breaks my heart to think of the amount of... I've been non-speaking child myself. Yeah, and like, Anna. have they any access to AAC, Alan? Like, have they had any 
Um, I was just actually looking into that. I've actually two autistic kids, one who's eight and one who's a six. Yeah. Uh, the eight-year-old is variable. Um, he, he's doing well. He suffers with anxiety, but he's he's doing incredibly incredibly well. And the six-year-old, he's non-variable, but he's starting to say, oh, no, I won't say non-variable, non-speaking. And yeah. He's starting to say a, a few things. So we're hoping to encourage his speech and um, hopefully he'll start talking. You know, but yeah, but you see, again, I, I suppose I know that's every parent's hope, but I suppose that's that's kind of, up to him. There'd be yeah. no, there'd be no well, pressure. Is you, know, you have to talk. Well, that's it because I mean, uh, I suppose in society, I suppose we have to acknowledge we're living in an ableist society. Right. We do right. just we do discriminate against people who can't speak, and and, and you know we're we're not you know we kind of presume they're unintelligent and all this kind of stuff, yeah. um, which we're really trying to you know. That's as far from the truth as possible. It's isn't as it? far. It is really. Yeah. There's a film coming out. Oh, I shared it there on our page the other day. Is it's, it Spellers? It's coming out in March. It's about. Is that the documentary on BBC? Is it? I think is it. It's called Spellers. I think. All oh, right, right. Is that it? It's, I know. Uh, I just I just shared one this morning, and there's a documentary on the 14th of February. I can't remember what it was called, but it's on it's on the group anyway. But um, I haven't watched the trailer. I'm not sure if there's a trailer connected to the link or not. But I am. Yeah, this is actually called Spellers. So if you right. like Googled it there, Spellers, the movie. Um, it's yeah. So it's kind of it goes. You know, it talks about how non-speakers are underestimated. You know, treated pretty badly. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and if you think of our school system, it's it, it's it's just like as if the, you know they don't know what to do with the child. And even when I'm training schools or whatever, and I'm like, you know, this is you know explaining something about an autistic child, and then the question would be. The question comes, but what about the non-speaking child? And I'm like, yeah, they can also communicate. If you look, see yeah. how they're communicating, they can also understand you. There's this block that people have, you know, right. and it, that 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 again, a non-speaking child is somehow, you know, they're othered. They're treated like a different category altogether. And it's like, oh my God, they're just human beings. Do you know what I mean? Who communicate right. in lots of other ways. Um. So, and Are I. I he yeah. definitely does communicate in lots of different ways. Yeah. And, and yet there'll be there'll be definitely no pressure put on put him to start talking. He'll do ready or if he's ever ready. Exactly. Uh, and like and that's it. I think we just need to accept some people talk, some people don't talk. Some people do this. Yeah. You know, we're all different, and that's what the idea of neurodiversity yeah. is. Yeah. And that we shouldn't have goals like and if, if you're interested and if listeners are interested. Um, we did a fantastic webinar with Endeavor Corbin, who's a, a, an adult AAC user, and it's on our YouTube channel, Awesome Training YouTube, YouTube channel. We right. just made it available for free. And Endeavor goes through, you know, all the, the different types of AAC, uh, you know, all the kind of do's and don'ts. And um, it's really informative. And there's also the Irish Facebook group, AAC Users and Allies Ireland. And of course, you have your own Facebook group as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. You know, but I suppose it's just if parents do want to, like, that's a really good AAC Users and Allies, Allies Ireland. Um, and, there's a, and there's also the international group, Ask me, I'm an AAC user. It's on Facebook and it's right. run by autistic adults who are AAC users. Um, and communicationfirst.org is a really right. good website right. and they have fantastic videos. Would um would you would you link in with AS OEM at all or would you would you just say that it's a completely different group or I suppose there um we would have done some stuff kind of in, in the early days um together, but uh, I think we're just our 
outlooks are very different. Like we would not support the medical model. We don't support the pathologizing of autistic people at all. We wouldn't say we have a condition. We just, just this is how we are. We're being pathologized in the DSM. Yeah. You know, I, again. I actually spoke to a parent the other day and she said someone mentioned disorder. Yeah. In the group. Now, I don't like that word myself. And I know that's what the medical term is for, but I do not like disorder whatsoever. Well, I mean, that word, I mean, that word is gone. I mean, yeah. no, like, I mean, even nine years ago, that word was starting to disappear. And then people started saying condition. But I'm like, well, what's the difference between disorder and condition? None, really. It's still saying the person has a medical thing. And I suppose yeah. a lot of what the work we do at Awesome Training is breaking this down and explaining to people, you know, that actually the way autism is defined in the DSM in the first place is really problematic. You know, uh, like the idea that stimming is pathologized, that repetitive, what's it, rigid, repet- what is it, way? Routine, rigid, routine, you know, repetitive movements. Yeah. Um, but every human being stims, like every single human being stims. It's a yeah. human behavior. But when an autistic, so, so why is that part, a, a symptom do you know what i mean like that it's so ridiculous when you really start thinking about it you know so what if a child is flapping their hands up and down people wave goodbye all of the time that's mm. moving a hand side to side yeah What's the difference <laughs> i, I, I no. don't like symptoms either it's not no. no you shouldn't use never say symptoms i don't like that either Um, he's autistic he does what he likes basically the way i see my sons yeah they're they're their own their own people you know they do different things just like everyone else and this 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 normal word there's no such thing as normal now you said it and yeah. that's the thing you see and once people realize there is no such thing as normal you no. know there isn't and i suppose what happens to parents as well is you know your, your child is born you've got this list checklist of milestones you're going to the public health nurse they're going oh look they're not doing this on ta-. but those milestones and this is the thing those milestones are not set in, they're not actually developmental paths. They're just averages. They didn't, you know what I mean? They're just averages of human development. They were never supposed to be used in this way. Right. And they're not just averages of human, like how do they come up with milestones? They yeah. just collected okay. data on averages. And I guarantee you they didn't include a lot of marginalized community in that data as well. And then there, so you've got averages of averages of averages of averages, which have somehow become milestones of human development. So that's, that's, you know what I mean? We have to look at the starting points and what happened before then and why we, have, why we have these ridiculous ideas that children are supposed to do these things at certain times. People are not, you know, roads. We're literally mapped yeah. out. We develop in our own way. And once people realize that their children, like you are saying, Alan, which is so beautiful to hear, is that your children are on their own paths. Everybody does things in their own time. And like, if you look at our school system, you can have kids who are like the most emotionally intelligent, empathetic, you know, caring kids. How is that measured in our school system? Yeah, yeah. It's not. All, and then, oh, they're, but they're not doing maths and they're not reaching this goal. But you know what? A couple of years later, they will. And their peers aren't as emotionally intelligent. And then in a couple of years, they will be. We're just developing at different times. It's just the system that we're living in is failing us. And I think we have to, you know what I mean? That's, that's the problem. It's yeah. not the children. It's just literally trying to force children into systems which don't suit them, don't understand them, don't really work for for most of us. Let's be honest. We're all stressed. Look at the look at the mental health you know, kind of crisis that yeah. we're living in. Yeah. Uh, 
the way we live and the way we operate does not actually suit us. Uh, and I suppose autistic kids are, are you know, telling us this and, yeah. and it's time to listen, you know, because. Uh, and do, do, do you think there should be such thing as ASD classes? Do you think these kids should be separated in that way or should they be in mainstream with the yeah. normal kids, as they call them? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you kind of, I suppose, my two answers. For, I mean, first up, absolutely no. No, we should not be segregating children on any grounds. We've yeah. done it before, race, religion, ethnicity. Oh, I'm not going to be able to say that word. Ethnicity, is it? That's it. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've done it. We know it doesn't work. We know segregation ha- has negative impacts. So why are we doing it? There's always an excuse. Do you know what I mean? And we're yeah. doing it now to children and saying, oh, they're special, they're special, that. Forget about it. Everybody has human needs. There's no such thing as special needs. But having said that, and I think this is important, because of the way the system is set up and because of the lack of understanding in our schools. I mean, you know, I know I train SNAs and we train teachers in schools and it's shocking. The the lack of, they just don't know. And the fear around autism and autistic kids and, you know, um, you know, we get asked, you know, how do we manage autism in the classroom? And I'm going, you're talking about a child. Like, you're talking about an autistic child. Yeah. How do you manage and cope with this child? Are you, like, like, rephrase what you're saying and think about yeah. it. So sometimes, and I think it's probably the, the lesser of two evils for some kids, you know, to be in a smaller class amongst other autistic kids, it yeah. can be a safe space for them. So, like... While they're not ideal and we need to move forward, but that means literally ripping the whole system apart and rebuilding it. I, 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 I think the whole thing needs to be torn apart. Yeah. This, the CDNT team, that doesn't work. I, I don't know what the, who came up with that or whatever else, but I don't, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, I think, I think, I look, I just think the general problem is, is just trying to manage millions of people. Yeah. In a, them. you know what I mean we need to kind of go back to localized you know when we had the southern health board and we had you know what I mean in- instead yeah. of like just the HSE and trying to manage all these people and people get lost in the system um so yeah I do I just think yeah we need to just find better ways um but do I don't you, think I don't do know if we'll be doing it in our lifetimes yeah do you think the CDNT is working as it should or what it was set up to do I don't, I mean, I suppose I don't know because I'm not a service user. I mean, I, I, I know I have, we have talked to some teams and that, um, but I, I, look, I just find, I just think there's just a general problem of people actually knowing how to support autistic yeah, people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think like, let's start there. You know what I mean? Like, how can you support a family if you don't actually, if you're basing your ideas on something from the 1950s? Yeah. And they all and all needs to be updated. It's, it's like a child going to camps and switching to some other doctor, and they don't have any record of the child's online. Yeah, it's all wrote down, and they don't even receive half the stuff. So, what does that tell you about the system if it's not that, like, as they don't keep the data on the child on like a computer or anything else? They have notes, and that's the only thing. It, like, it is it's the twenty fourth century, and um. I think everything should be logged. So if another doctor comes in to treat the child or whatever you want to call it, yeah, you can look at the information, the data, and go from there. But does that's even missing at the moment? I just, think yeah. I just think the whole system is broken. 
It is, it is. And like, you can see people who are working in the system who are broken by the system. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And just have good people leaving. And yeah, it, it, it is a mess. And I think like, I suppose it's just... Like, uh, uh, no fault with the staff that work for the HSE. They're absolutely yeah. brilliant. They just yeah. don't have the resources to back them up, basically. Um, it, it, it's just the system. I just think this, we, we're living in a broken system. And, and, yeah. And that's something, that's yeah. something we all agree on. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. At least we all agree on something. The system is definitely broken, and I, I don't think anything's going to change. But <sighs> I, I really do think it needs to be all torn apart and restarted again. Well, I suppose it kind of a lot. You know, I suppose I, I look at the autistic rights movement and the neurodiversity kind of paradigm, and I suppose like what we are trying to do is change the world and not just for autistic people, but literally, you know, you're talking about capitalism, you know, all of these different kind of systems that we're living under patriarchy, all of that, how damaging it is to human beings in general. And I suppose, yeah, it, it's, I think, you know, it's all part of that. How, how do we find better ways to live yeah. together and, and meet each other with kindness? I mean, we're all stressed out of our, off our heads. We're all judging each other. You know what I mean? Instead yeah. of looking at each other, kind of saying, well, we're all trying our best. And yeah, yeah. You're meeting each other with compassion. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's brilliant now. <laughs> that was very insightful for me, even though this. <laughs> I must watch more of your videos for them. Um... Do you, I mean, like, yeah. we've loads, I mean, look, we have, we've tons of stuff, uh, we've like a resources section on our website, which we're kind of yeah. constantly working on, uh, you know, there's loads of blogs there if people want to go and have a read of it, we have, our, you know, videos on our YouTube channel, yeah. we have courses, you know, all the time, I mean, we've got, you know, if people are interested in learning more about like, you know, maybe just stimming or sensory processing or anxiety or trauma or whatever, um, or, you know, maybe thinking they might be autistic, you know, yeah. we've ton of recorded material on the website as well if they want to like on demand section we have... yeah I've, I've had courses people trying to share your courses on the group and it's just something i don't i don't allow courses being shared from asa or i am or anybody yeah. i want i just want to keep the the groups at voice based yeah instead of having all these courses. so just for anyone that shared your courses on the group that i've declined um that was the reason it's just the group is not for that there's a yeah. group called Supporting Children with Additional Needs. Yeah. And they they have they have tons of courses on there. I think some of your own courses are on there actually. I don't know. I was in that group for a while, but I left because it was promoting ABA and I just don't want to be part of groups that are promoting ABA, you know. Uh, I think I think yeah. you left my group as well, didn't you? Possibly. I don't know, was I ever in it? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Know. You should come and join. And as I said, if you do see ABA posts, it's not promoting it's even that people that's against ABA is getting them to talk about it because if people can't talk about it well parents will go and do their own thing and they won't have the voice of autistic adults that's just the way the way I see it anyway yeah well that's it I suppose yeah. I just yeah pulled back myself on social media I think I've done my time on it to be honest right. yeah it is, it is it is tough it is tough now doesn't well I doesn't just me- feel you know I suppose look what we're doing is we're educating people we're offering training yeah. we're offering courses and I think that that's what I love doing and I want to share you know I suppose all my learnings and I mean I've you know we've, we've thousands of hours putting in to educating ourselves you know what I mean and it's not just kind of our own opinions or our own experiences that we're sharing you know I mean yeah. it's backed up by you know research and current research and and all of that so 
Um, and I, you, I think that, you should you should say hello to Matt Damon because I'm sure he'd be listening to this. He's a big advocate of yours, isn't he? You know Matt, don't you? Oh, Damon. Damon. Matthew Wise, you mean? Is it Matthew? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, like, you said Matt his name Damon? wrong. Matt like, Damon? I said his name wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's on, the, he's on the dad's group and he's on the family's group as well, I think. But oh, he, yeah. Damon, Damon's very involved in our community. He's yeah. brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, well, that, that was a great chat. And th- thank you for coming on. I won't keep you any longer because I know you're a busy woman. Thanks a million for having me. I really enjoyed it, Alan. Um, and I will look into them videos and this podcast will be posted on the groups later on. If you want me to send you a link, I, I'll do that. If you want to hear a back or anything else. Uh, no, I never listen to anything back. All right, you're right. You're right. <laughs> no problem. We live in the moment. We that's live it, in the moment. That's it. Okay. And thanks a million. Have a great day. Talk to you again. Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye.